You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, fellas, fellas. It's been a great weekend in fantasy again. We can skip over real football, but that ain't neither here nor there. Well, what did y'all do? No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to skip right through what we did this weekend because I got some hard-hitting questions for you, Tom. And these are my hard-hitting questions. I'm going to start with the Carolina Panthers. First of all, I, I said this. When the Panthers hired Matt Rule, I said it was a big mistake. Why would you play a college coach all this money and he's unproven in the National Football League? And now this weekend, everybody's like, fire Rule, fire Rule, to the point where restaurants are giving away free food if they fire him at 5 o'clock today. If they fire him before 5 o'clock today, everybody it will get some like wings and there's every restaurant in Charlotte, North Carolina is offering some kind of fire Matt rule deal. My question to you is time, because you were on that bandwagon when they signed Matt rule as the court, as the uh, head coach, they gave him this ridiculous amounts of money because he took a team that was in college. And we all know that it didn't work out for uh, Nick Saban. And he's the best college coach to ever coach considerably, you know, Bear Bryant, there's a lot of other coaches out there that people would put him up against. But right now, uh, Nick is the hottest one out there outside of Deion Sanders. So with that being said, I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to give you the floor. So please tell me why when I said Matt Rule was a big mistake and they gave him more money when we when the Carolina Panthers first signed him. And then now it's okay because now they see what I saw before they even signed him. I would love to hear what you have to say. Time. We're both an ears. We're all ears. <laughs> well, look, you know, uh, it's one of those things where sometimes you have to prove it before you can uh, understand what somebody's saying. And Matt Rule has definitely proven himself to be uh, a lot of hype and uh, not very much behind that. Um, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can understand that coming into the NFL – there's a lot that goes into being a coach. Uh, we see it time and time again that these guys come out of college and just have a really hard time adapting to the NFL. It's totally different. It's so different. It's crazy. Like, you know, you have so much control and power in college, uh, whereas you don't, you don't have that in the NFL. I mean, I'm sure you guys can speak to the difference uh, of a coach in the you know, college versus the NFL a little bit better, but it's just, it's just known. And the thing that disappoints me most about Matt rule is, you know, he was supposed to be an offensive guru and, you know, because of Sean McVay and how that team has turned around and how, you know, impressive he was offensively uh, and Andy Reid, you know, all these, but you know, everybody's looking for that next offensive genius. And so I think people are excited because, oh, he's coming from, you know, Baylor. I mean, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to have a great off- – our offense looks like trash. I don't know if there's any, any you know – it's just no rhyme or reason for 
Christian McCaffrey not being utilized more than he is. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a loss for words. I definitely am not sad as Matt Rule is no more with the Panthers. But I will say this. I will say this. I am not completely out on the Panthers yet. They have played uh, very close after starting very poorly. Like, they started that game with two turnovers and still, you know, fall back, had a lead loss. The other game against the Browns, you know, the Browns, they're not a terrible team, even though they did give up that, that lead uh, today against the Jets or yesterday. Uh, they're not a terrible team. They got a good They got a good running back. They got a good defense. Tom, you uh, no, no, let him finish. Let him finish. Yeah, yeah, let him finish. Ahead. Ahead. Okay. Uh, they, they're, what they're lacking is a great quarterback play, but, you know, they got Jacob Brissett, who is solid. Uh as a backup, I will say he is very he's a solid backup and has been a solid backup. That's so why he continually has a uh, a career. But I'm gonna let y'all go because I can tell y'all are just chomping at the bits to just hop on everything. All that meat I just left on the bones right there. You want that first, or you want me to take it? Nah, you go ahead, Gary. Cause All I'm right. Be, I'm I'm gonna be very disrespectful, so I'm gonna let you. <laughs> 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 the fact that you were saying you have hope still that Carolina lost to two terrible teams. The fact you try to try to downplay and say Cleveland's not a bad team. I don't know what, what you're thinking. That this is like the prototypical fandom blocking rationale. And I don't I just don't understand. I guess because me and D don't really have the fandom. Aspect which we'll talk about these fandom with the 49ers and everything with Trey Lance in a little bit, but uh, I don't think he has fandom like that. But I don't know where you're going with this because, for one, Carolina has been terrible. You can say, oh, they turned it over, blah, blah, blah. They played the Giants. And they played 2 0. The Giants 2 0. Giants played <laughs> two terrible teams too to start. Yeah, so, yes, not, and then we have you said Carolina's good. Carolina's the only team I've ever, and I've actually been a part. I mean, Cleveland, I've been a part of it where we lost to Tom Brady up ten points in less than a minute and a half, and um, they upped that this time by letting a fourteen-point lead disappear in the matter of two minutes. That blows my mind that you said they're a good team. They are not good. They just got lost to the Jets, who don't even have their starting quarterback. And uh, it just blows my they're mind. Good. They're not They're not as no, terrible, they're terrible. They're terrible as we expected. I don't no. think they are as terrible as we expected. Yes, they have they're, a good running back. They're still terrible. They have two good running backs. Their defense is they're solid for the most part. And um, they could have lost to two. They lost to one terrible team. And they should have lost to another terrible team in Carolina, but they somehow won that game because of a kicker having a strong leg. Do y'all think the Bengals are terrible? I think the Bengals are playing terrible. I know D does. I think the Bengals have more talent Bro, I, than all than any team Cleveland's played so far, any team Carolina's played so far. I think since he has more talent and they will finish with more wins than all of those teams that they've played so far. I just think they had the talent. Their O-line's just playing terrible. I think they have the talent on offense to compete. 
but they are playing bad right now. But the best team in that division is the Ravens, and you saw what they did yesterday. I, um, I, do you really believe what you just said, Ty? Like, did, was you just talking? Like, was you just being funny? It's fandom. I, I, it's fandom. I, I, it, it blows. This is why it blows my mind, bro, because I, there's one guy that I sit and I watch sometimes, and he talks, and I'm just like, he can't feel this way. He can't feel this way about his team because his team is garbage. And that guy that I'm talking about is Skip Bayless. I Skip is a huge Cowboys fan. Every year he's going to the Super Bowl, and every year they let him down. I I thought I'd never, ever meet or know a person that was anything close to what Skip is, and you are absolutely that, Tom. You have no idea what you're talking about, bro. You have no idea. You're so delusional, and your fandom <laughs> for the team is so strong that you can't see trash when you see it. Like, it's unbelievable, bro. You can't, even Christian McCaffrey, I, I understand how dynamic he is and and what he means to that team and the things that he do when the ball is in his hand. But at the end of the day, 11-on-1, those odds are not good, bro. Those odds mean injury, injury reserve, uh, uh, fighting ailments. So you can't just keep putting the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hand. At some point, you got to have a quarterback that's going to bail him out or tough situations, and you don't have that. No, we, well, last year they had Sam Darnold. Then they gave up on him. Then it was Cam Newton to the rescue. Well, then now they got rid of him. Now it's Baker's to the rescue. Now they're – now what? They, they said three yeah. different quarterbacks in a year and a half was yeah, the answer. Yeah, but I'm going I'm, I'm to bring it all the way back, though, Gary. This is, this is, what, I, this is what I'm saying. So you have these quarterbacks that are not playing well. You have a whole team on offense, whether it's the offensive line. I don't think that they have enough up front to give them the protection that they need to be successful in the National Football League. But what do I know? Um, With that being said, all I'm saying is this. Matt Rule, since he's come to the National Football League and has been the head coach for the Carolina Panthers, you do realize that he fired his offensive coordinator, right? Not the one this year, the initial one that he had to buy himself some time. Was it a year ago or two years ago he fired him? It had been last year, right? This is only his second or third year. Yeah, yeah. They fired him and they brought in a new OC. First of all, the plays that you're running in the National Football League are college plays, Tom. College plays are so easy to break down from a defensive professional standpoint. It is insane. You you probably you probably have done this before, Tom. I don't know what sport that you could see something at at, a, at an amateur level and be like, oh, I knew they was going that way. I knew they was going to do this. I knew they was going to do that. Me, Gary, and everybody that's played at that professional level can see it. When I go back and watch high school football, it it disgusts me. Not because these kids are not good or that they're good or they're just extraordinary, but because I play so much football. You literally could tell, like, oh, okay, they're running to the left. Oh, they're running to the right this time. Just based off of formation, how everybody's set up, everything like that. Do if, if I can call the Carolina Panther plays, sitting in my house, drinking an ice-cold beer or smoking on a cigarette or whatever you prefer as a fan, and I'm able to call the plays that you're running, you don't think that professional defense over there that's playing football – don't know what they're going to run? I'm just curious I because I it's easy. It, it, it's so easy. And not only that, 
in Carolina, they don't tailor the offense to the quarterback. They try to tailor the quarterback to the offense. Like, hey, you know, this is our offense. This is what we're running. Go do it. Instead of doing what Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson and made him that type of quarterback that he was in college. So they don't play to the strengths of their quarterbacks. They play to the strengths of the offense that's not always necessarily their strength could also be the quarterback weakness. So that's a coaching that's a coaching issue. That's a coaching issue upside down and inside out time, and you know it. So here, here's your tinfoil hat for you, time, because I know you uh, love your tinfoil. Do you think uh, Tepper is just doing all of this on purpose so the team does terrible and he can move them? Or not answer? I, I hadn't thought about that. I, I don't see why you would move the Panthers. Because they don't sell out every game? Well, you got two states that are funneling in that. What are they going to do? Move them to Dallas because Dallas wants another team? Well, you, I'm, I'm just saying because if he's not getting funding to build a new practice facility, all that blew up. You don't think he wants to go somewhere else that will do it? You don't think another place will do it? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, with your with your tenfold hat, do you think all this is a plan by Tepper, a five-year plan, six-year plan, whatever, to eventually move the team somewhere else? That's Make him bad so that he has an excuse to move them. Right. Because if fans stop coming, season ticket holders stop coming, they're terrible, not showing the games, he has a reason to move. And well, he already got- had the, the practice facility blow up where they're not doing that now. So what's keeping them there? Yeah. You know, I can I can see I like where your head's at because I like you thinking outside the box. But it's week two, and they've been in two close games. Right, first of all, first of all, Tom, don't you come with that bullshit. Don't you come with that bullshit. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something right now. You're going to stop right there with this. Oh, Sam Donner won the first three games last year, and you you all but told you were me Super to Bowl shut Bowl the hell Bowl. up. Oh, you, you were Super Bowl man. You were buying you your all, tickets. You all but told me to shut the hell up. Sam Donner's playing lights out. You can see that he on a different team and blah, 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 this. And blah. I'm like, okay, just wait. It ain't over. It ain't over. Oh, you just a hater, hey. D'Angelo. You just a hater. And now all of a sudden, you're going to say, it's just two games. It's just two games. Unbelievable. Hey, how, how did the Steelers start last year? Hey, bro, we ain't talking about the Steelers. We talking about the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. And well, I do have an interesting thing about the Panthers. If why, why if if things aren't working well at quarterback, like they hadn't with Sam Darnold, they hadn't they brought in Cam Newton, they hadn't really Baker Mayfield. I don't know if he's really showed you anything. Obviously, he has only been there like maybe a month. Why not give PJ Walker, who when he played played decent and actually won two games or a game with them? Like why not just see what he can do? Like you never know if you're not getting it from I the normal PJ Walker quarterback was play. Still on the team. Why not? Like, are they like carrying last, three quarterbacks? Yeah, well, Sam Darnold's on IR or whatever for right uh, now for four weeks, yeah. and then PJ Walker's a backup. Why not give him a shot? If you're not getting any any play, he proved last year he could win games. He did it with twice, I believe. Like, why not give him a shot? So they saying Sam Darnold practiced so bad they put him on IR because they just knew he was hurt. No, I'm, but that's a legit question. Time. Why? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't they just give PJ Walker a shot? They knew what he did last year, or is it just because they they traded for Baker? They feel like they had to give him the start. You don't want to talk about it. Well, man. yeah. Anytime you invest, anytime you invest capital in a player like that, and you know they had Darnold, so 
it was never going to be PJ Walker's team. What, ca- what capital are you talking about? Because I nobody's getting paid like astronomical money at this quarterback. Yeah, I'm not saying they invested a lot in getting him, but they did. You know, they did give up a draft pick. Um, Cleveland's paying most of the salary, so yeah, it's not huge. But you know, uh, you have Darnold there too. Uh, PJ Walker is just. I think he played okay. He didn't do any. He didn't do enough to come and say, "Hey, this is going to be my team." And but you're saying there. Baker did? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, but you you know how it goes in practice. You no, see stuff in it, practice. That's no, it's no, not I agree. A quarterback issue. It's not a quarterback issue. It's, it's a, a, a front offensive line well, well, and system issue. Well, and like That's you said, what I'm saying. like you, you said, D. Uh, you said they have to tailor the system around their players. Well, if they don't have the quarterback, then they need to tailor it around McCaffrey and DJ Moore. They and they're not do doing that. that. They, they, but no, I'm they're saying not they're not do doing that. Yeah. It's unbelievable, man. I, it's a, I, I, every year, bro, since Matt Rule has been there, I'm like, bro, you're getting worse. Like, And I've never seen anybody get worse. Like, you at least kind of – like, if you've gotten – your first year is usually like your worst year because you got to play with the players that you have. You don't really know what your offensive system is going to be, and you kind of searching. Well, then your second or third year, you kind of fall into like, okay, this worked, this did not work, and you kind of figure things out. Well, I don't, I'm not convinced that Matt Rule even know like, like what's going on. Like I, I don't know how he finds the office. At every I, day. I, I will stand up for time. He did say he'd be fine with that role being gone. So I will say time did say that now. Yes, uh, I do want to that now. Yeah, but, I do want to change a little bit to your favorite team growing up in the 49ers. It's uh, still my squad. It's still my fault. Yeah. Squad. So, but my question to you is, same aspect. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a great coach. How do you think that relationship and everything's going to go now with Garoppolo? Now that Trey Lance is basically done for the season, and now Garoppolo is back in the starting role after they basically forced to get him out as a starter. They said, we're giving everything to Lance. You don't mean nothing. We're going to try and get rid of you. They couldn't trade him because he had surgery, or else he wouldn't be on the team. He just happened to still be on the team. They couldn't do anything. They didn't want to take the cap hit. Now he's your your guy again. What if he makes it to the playoff, deep in the playoffs because of the NFC Championship game? Are you still giving Trey Lance the, the ball next year, or are you trying to sign Garoppolo for big money the following year. Like, what do you, how do you handle it? First of all, let me tell you something here. And, and when we talk about our 49ers, we got an illustrious career as it relates to winning Super Bowls and things like that. Now, I, long time ago, correct. Right. I, I, I am a Garoppolo, I'm in a Garoppolo fan. I, I have been one for quite some time now. But I do have to make sure I let you know this. This is Trey Lance's team. Okay, Garoppolo, this is his opportunity. He, if he feels slighted in any way, and he should, he'll never come out in the media. He never say it. Not right now, anyway, because now he has an opportunity to take that six, eight, twelve million dollars that he's making this year and turn it into fifty, sixty, eighty million dollars next year. You do realize this is the same Garoppolo that made it deep in the playoffs last year, Correct. and we shouldn't have went that. And, and the NFC the Championship the year before. Right, right. So it's not like it'll be something that's something different, Gary. It'll just be something that he's done before. So it, it's it's and our issue has never been that he can't win football games or that he doesn't win football games and we don't go far with him. Our issue with him is his inconsistency. We have to depend on our defense 
way more than we should have because we have offensive woes. And we have, like, not only do we have offensive lows, we have lows and low points against teams that we shouldn't have lows and low points against. And that's why we have a problem with Garoppolo. So you think Trey Lance is the answer, though, a young guy who hasn't played at all last year? Yeah, but this is what you got to understand, though. Like, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, if I'm a head coach, and my job is on the line, like we just made it to, 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 like you said, the NFC Championship. Nobody's job is on the line on this coaching staff in San Francisco, Correct. because we've had some very successful years leading up to just this one. We just have a quarterback issue right now, and that quarterback issue stems from an injury that Trey Lance had. So with that being said, Garoppolo, he's going to step up. We're going to probably get us another quarterback to back him up, and we're going to be okay. This is why I say that he has an opportunity to make a lot of money. Carolina Panthers, they quarterback trash. Uh, Seahawks. They quarterback trash. Seahawks, they quarterback trash. So Garoppolo, he knows this. All he has to do is get them back to where he was in his payday. It's going to be astro- We're going to be talking about him like we talk about a lot of other quarterbacks in the National Football League. They get these big contracts that shouldn't deserve it. However, Garoppolo, he, he, he's good from a standpoint of he knows how to lean on the defense. He's Dak Prescott his first year. I'm going to te- tell you exactly who Garoppolo is this year. Not from a talent standpoint, but situational standpoint. He could be the Matt Castle of football where he has that outstanding year right before he leaves and then go sign a big contract with somebody else. And Well, he already did that. Yeah, but he he, he has an opportunity to do it again only because Carolina has a shitty quarterback. Not only do they have a shitty quarterback, they have a whole shitty staff. Well, I think they'll have a new coach next year. I think they will have a new coach next year. I don't think they will, man. They pay him a lot of money, dude. To come there for, and he's he signed like a monster deal, like an eight he, to ten year again, deal. They may not have a new coach, but then that just leans more towards my he's trying to move him out of Carolina theory. Yeah, if he keeps he signed him. him to a monster contract, yeah, he's out of college, yeah, definitely out of college. That. Like that, I'm talking about like he, I, I and I don't I hate to I hate to say this, but he was the Jamarcus Russell of quarterback signing. <laughs> I mean, I mean a coach, coach signing. signing, yeah. Coach signings. He was Jamarcus Russell, yeah. Showed showed so much promise in college, and then got there and picked it off. Uh, I would say honestly, probably worse than now. that it was Urban Meyer. Is probably yeah. worse. Yeah. I was about to say, there's Urban Meyer <laughs> last year in Jacksonville was where he got paid so much money and he couldn't even finish a year. You know what? I'm glad you said Jacksonville. This is going to be a great transition so we can get off Tom, his terrible-ass team. How about Jacksonville blanking yeah. the coach? Hey. And not only did they blank the coach, so if you were in fantasy football and you had that running back that played for the coach and that all-world guy. Somebody on here had that. Nah, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no Somebody way. Somebody had no that way. person. There's no way. How, how many fantasy uh, points did he get you? Just just curious. Not very guess? many. Yeah, he did not. So, but again, that's my problem. If you you have that type of player, why are you not giving him the ball? Like right. last week, you gave him the ball thirty-one times. This week, you gave it to him like nine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't I don't understand it, man. I I really don't. Uh, it's it, it blows my mind. Especially, well, you know what? I I do understand it. I, I I'm gonna correct myself when I say this because 
what they're doing as a team is they doing him a favor. They know that, hey, we're not playing well, so because we're not playing well, we don't want to uh, subject you to injuries uh, and getting you banged up or hurt because that's what's going to happen if you're not playing well, Gary. That's exactly what happened. Well, the, the problem is going into the game, they already had their best receiver out and their second best receiver out. So you're thinking you got to start the game, give them the ball. In the first half, I believe he had six carries. Like you didn't even yeah. start off giving him the ball. That's the thing. Like they had he they needed him to win the game and they didn't even use it. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a Matt Rule call. <laughs> hey, can, can I ask you can I ask y'all something though? Yeah. Yeah. Do y'all remember anybody uh, a couple weeks back saying that uh the Jaguars were a dark horse to make the playoffs? Bro. You still think they are? Look. Oh yeah, look, I mean, I got, now, I got see, bet with now, you. Now. I, I, I'm not really worried because you also have Carolina going to the playoffs. He does. All right, so they're going to cancel each other out. <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to do. And not only that, like I don't think people understand, man. The Giants are two and zero right now. You talking about a confident they're not very booster? Good, though. They're not very good at all. And everybody keeps saying Saquon Barkley is back, and I'm trying he, to figure out. He didn't play out. good this game. Yeah, but here's the thing about Saquon Barkley. I, and I'm not talking about Saquon Barkley as a player. I'm not talking about Saquon Barkley as a blocker, as a runner. I'm not talking about Saquon Barkley at all right now. But I am going to talk about Saquon Barkley. Barkley. It's not him that's the problem in New York. He literally has – he doesn't have Barry Sanders' wiggle, okay? He doesn't have that type of wiggle. Barry Sanders was able to deal with the atrocious blocking that the Detroit Lions gave him because he was shifty and he was able to make people miss. Saquon Barkley does not have that. That line over in New York is not a good offensive line at all. In my opinion, from a running standpoint, they are not good at blocking. So when they say Saquon is back, for you to say that would have to be, oh, his offensive line is back because – Nobody wants to see him get sick hit six times in the backfield and he pick up three yards and everybody like, oh, man, that's a good run. And at the end of the game, he had 21 carries for 69 yards. And y'all just like, man, well, what happened? Well, he just got hit every snap of the damn game and nobody blocked for him. So when you say Saquon Barkley is back, you're saying that, hey, he has an offensive line this year. He does not have that. He does I, not have that. I don't think you can say that any player is back until you get about mid-season and you see where they're at. Because you yeah. got one, one, two games for a player isn't going to tell it. For the most part, you got to get to the mid-season. And especially coming back from as many injuries he's had, he's got to be able to show he's durable to do it. It's the same thing with McCaffrey. McCaffrey, everybody knows he has the talent, but can he stay healthy? He hasn't done it the last two years. So I, can I he hate when again? y'all say that. I hate when y'all say that. I, I really hate people when they say that. And I, when I say they, I'm talking about you, Gary, because you mm-hmm. just said it. I did. People just it, – it has nothing to do with his ability to stay healthy. You do realize it's just Christian McCaffrey. You're going to tell me that you want Christian McCaffrey to touch the ball 50 times a game for 17 mm-hmm. games and not be I'm not saying 50. I'm just saying in general. Like, it's the same like same thing with Barkley. Barkley's like no bad. Way. bad There's no way, though, about, like, A high ankle sprain can keep you out for six weeks. I know, obviously, that's nothing you can control, you but if it happens all the time. If, if I'm touching the ball 30 times a game, bro, and we're – 
maybe we're getting blown out. Maybe we are close to winning and we losing these games. Like nobody, you, you don't, there's so, no. So then what no, about when you didn't miss games because of injuries until later in your career? Well, see, that was the thing. I, I mean, I, I was hurt. I was banged up. And you played through it. That's what I'm just saying. I, I, I played through some of the things, but the other things that I couldn't play through, like the broken hand. Couldn't play through the. You can't game. hold a ball. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you do realize, man. When I had the high ankle sprain, I had the high ankle sprain, and I was supposed to be out uh, six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I came back in like five, five and a half. But the only reason why I came back early is because uh, Stu was starting to get hot a little bit. Like he wasn't like killing it, but he was just doing just enough. Like he was breaking like six or seven tackles or whatever. So when I came back from my hand injury. Um, Coach Rivera called me in the office, and I think I've told I've told this story before. Uh, Coach Rivera called me in the office, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, we're not playing very good right now, uh, but I'm gonna have to bench you because Stu's playing pretty good. You know, he's a uh, like a tougher back. You know, we're struggling up front right now, and because we're struggling up front right now, we need somebody to break those tackles." And I go, "Coach, are you serious?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm serious." He was like, "We need this." I said, "You, if you do this, like Stu's gonna get hurt." By the end of the season, I'm not wishing this on him. I'm just telling you because we're awful up front, awful up front. And in my mind, I'm thinking like you're kind of doing me a favor because, like, you know, <laughs> that was that was the only reason why I was able to ink out two or three more years is because he did me a favor that year mm-hmm. uh, by benching me. And uh, Stu ended up getting hurt that year. I ended up coming back, and I think that was a year I rushed for like 263 yards in like the New Orleans Saints game at the end of the season. Like I balled out, and everybody was like, "Man, how are you balling out?" I was like, "Hell, I've been sitting on the bench for the last four or five weeks." I, I don't think people understand. Like I'm, I got fresh legs. I'm ready to roll. And when I was ready to roll, man, we rolled. However, we were still awful up front. Correct. We were still awful up front. And we still didn't get it done. We still was at the house. We was rushing for so many yards, but we were never in the game because we was getting dominated because we wasn't good up front. Every time we dropped back, it was either a sack or a pick. It was things that was outside of our hand. But at the same time, if you understand the game, you know that if you're touching the ball 30 you have a chance times to get hurt. a game. I agree. Huh? You have a chance to get hurt. I agree. Oh, 100%. If you're touching it 30, but now imagine you touching it 30 times a game and nobody's blocking for you. So now that increase of risk of you getting hurt goes up through the roof exponentially. Oh, I agree. I understand that. So, so with that being said, if you understand the game, and I know you do, Gary, I know you just like saying this because it makes me mad. Like, you know, his durability. Like, can you imagine somebody say, hey, man, you know, we got to test. We, we don't think Gary going to stay healthy because of his durability, but you block 79 times a game. It's all you do. You pinning linebackers, you pinning and pulling on defensive tackles, and then somebody came to you and said, man, we, we don't know if we can trust you, man, your durability. You're going to be like, man, fuck you. That was my first year in uh, Cleveland. All I, did was, <laughs> all I did was run, block, and pass block. I did literally nothing else. I right. pass block. I pass block fifty times more than the next tight end my first year in Cleveland, and gave up uh-huh. one pressure. Uh, look at that. That's what I'm talking about, Gary. Can I, we I, switch I, gears a little bit? Can, can we switch gears from football real quick? Because yeah, something just hit me, and I, I really want to know y'all thoughts on this, and then we can move on from this. And this will be the only time we talk about. Let me it. ask mine first. Can you hold? Right. Your, so mine for you. I saw. I saw this story over the weekend. 
I want to know this more pertains to you, D, because you're like five two. So um, uh, here we are. <laughs> a man paid seventy five thousand or borrowed seventy five thousand dollars to get his legs extended three inches. Mm. He's paying back monthly, but he borrowed seventy five thousand dollars, I believe, from a bank to get his legs extended three inches. So he's three inches taller. He was five eight. Uh, so is that something you would do, D? No, not a chance. I'm okay <laughs> with being the highest five, of that. Five three. Hey, whether it's five three, five <laughs> five, five. Hey, I've never bumped my head on the door sill. I've never had to worry about ducking when I come into a building. I'm I have knocked five. a tooth out, hit my head on the doorway. That's what I'm saying. I I don't ever have to worry about that. In fact, when I go in through doorways, I'm smiling like, ah, look at that. I'm, <laughs> yeah. And while you like, ooh, watch your head, hey. <laughs> low hanging beams you can't do that but i i i don't know why anybody would pay 75 well i guess three inches it matters man i mean you know you i'm about to say if i'm paying seventy five thousand, i better be extending something else three inches come on now <laughs> and that's no different that's no different at all Tom. you're probably paying more than seventy five thousand for that yeah but my, my question my question was this my question was this and this will be the only time we talk about it, Gary. We're not going to talk about anything other in this sport. We're going to move on because I got some really good moral questions to ask. My question to you is, is this too soon? Roman Reigns and Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Is yeah. this not too early? Like, first of all, he's I, – I don't even know how – this – I, it blindsided me because I thought he was – he had this riff with the Miz and that that's what they were going with it. Is this too soon for Logan Paul to get a title shot at Roman Reigns this early with him not being a proven wrestler? What he's had one match? He said one match. We'll let time have this first. This is his favorite wrestler. Uh, uh, Roman Reigns, of course. No, honestly, I whenever I saw that came out, I was super confused. So I went. I like to go to Twitter because that's why I consider my uh, my uh, your your snooze source. My microwave, my microwave news, you know, where you can find some quick hits. And I did see something that made sense. A lot of people were saying that the only reason this match got made was because it's, uh, you know, it's Saudi Arabia. And they uh, have a prince or whoever that books the shows. And they kind of book shows that that prince wants to see. Um, so I'm guessing that, that, that the ruler must be some sort of fan of, Logan Paul or wants to see, you know, Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns or something. Cause that's the only, only thing, especially since triple H has taken over now, cause triple H has at least been running this show with a little bit more sense. Um, but that's the only thing I can see. And if not, then yes, it's way too soon. What in the hell is he even doing? Like, he's not like, he's not even the same, you know, category as somebody as Roman Reigns. Uh, let alone, you know, all these other people that have been in the, <laughs> in the business for years and you just get to come in and, you, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be a publicity stunt for the show. And that's all I can say. He's not even a mid Carter. Right. But okay. I want to dive into this cause I think this is the absolute worst thing possible. So I saw rumor, the rumor mill was talking about, they want to try and find a way to separate the belts off of Roman Reigns, but they don't want to have him lose. So how do you have him lose a belt without losing a match? 
I guess the only way you could do that is to say if there's disqualifications in and then his, his family interferes and causes him to lose a title, then it's by disqualification he didn't actually lose. Which, if they did that and gave Logan Paul a title, I truly believe a ton of WWE fans would just leave and not watch it anymore. Because I think this is doing a discredit to the fans of WWE because nobody wants to see this match. Nobody's asking for Logan Paul to get a title shot against Roman Reigns. And if you don't make this a squash match and you actually try to make him where he's contending, I'm done. I don't I can't I can't watch that. Like I can't watch WWE. Like I can't I can't like put my my I can't put respect behind WWE if that's what they're gonna put forward because he's not he said like you said one match, maybe two, I don't know, parents, but like he's not even in close to that. And if it's not a squash match, I don't know what they're doing. Like it just blows my mind and it's going to turn me off of WWE, which already was previously because of the way the storylines were going. I will say, like you said, Triple H is doing some things good and they brought back Gargano, which loved him. So I think he's going to do great there. See what they do with that. They're bringing back people that I like, but I I, I don't know. I I got this question, Gary. What what has Triple H done this good other than bring people back? Anybody that's that's in that role would just bring people back. I'm talking about storyline wise. When were you just like, ah, that's tree, oh, that's Triple H right there. Vince McMahon wouldn't have never did that. I don't think anything storyline-wise yet. I'm waiting yeah. to see how that's going to play out through the next few pay-per-views. But I know bringing back uh, Braun and bringing back uh, Gargano, I think that's going to give the chance for more storylines. But I, I, I want to know what, what they're going to go with that. Like, cause you, like you said, you can only see so much because the storylines have already established. They yeah. can't just completely leave them. That's now, why this, 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 this storyline with Logan Paul and Roman Reigns came nowhere. Out of nowhere. Exactly. nowhere. Nowhere. Because we all thought we was getting Miz and Logan Paul. That's what we all thought. But then we somehow got Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. I, I don't know how it happened. That's why I asked. I was like, well, maybe That's like, it's gotta him. be a squash match. You cannot like yeah, you yeah, cannot make him compete with Roman. I hate I am not a Roman Reigns fan at all but with what they're doing with the bloodline you cannot make him contend it has to be a complete squash over in less than a minute like they did with Kofi Kingston when he was no a champion against that Brock Lesnar no way there ain't no way they got to like you can't There's make him no contend. way they do that bro they spent so much time building Logan Paul up only way you can try and justify it is if you have Logan Paul have people help fight come in and help you can't you can't have a one on one match and have Roman Reigns look like he could possibly lose to Logan Paul because then all the credit of acknowledge me and the 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 bloodline all that is just out the window now. I have no respect for it at that point of Logan Paul's competing with you when you just dominated Drew McIntyre and all these other people, but Logan Paul's giving you no like I just yeah. I, I just can't do it. It just respect. it ruins the whole aspect of what you're trying to do with him. And if you're trying to set up a him versus The Rock, if he if he even has trouble with Logan Paul, then how can you have him beating The Rock? Like that would just it makes no sense. Yeah, those facts. Those are facts. That's the question I had to throw out there because I was, I I didn't know if you guys had saw it. I, I mean, I knew you guys had saw it, but I didn't know if you guys wanted to talk about it. But that was the only question I had in that that field. Is there anything else before I? You got anything, Ty? Gear? I, I had something I want. I wanted to talk about, and it's in entertainment, but not wrestling. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I've, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've seen a lot of people this week talking about 
the Little Mermaid and how she's black in the new uh, live action movie. So I wanted to get your take on that. I know we've kind of discussed this when it's come to, uh, you know, superheroes uh, in the past and kind of given our opinions and thoughts on that. But uh, what do you think? Little Mermaid being black, is that a big deal? Not a big let's deal? Hear, let's hear your thoughts first time. Yeah, Tom. Uh, to me, I think it's silly that everybody is uh, super upset about it. Um, to me, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's you know, it's a mermaid. It's a fictional uh, being, and so if we're gonna be upset uh, over you know the color of the mermaid, then it's just it's silly to me. Now I understand that part of why people are upset is because they feel like culture is going woke, quote unquote, or you know that's the only reason they're doing that is. Uh, to appease uh, some audience of liberals, blah, blah, whatever, whatever. I, but I don't think that is it, you know. There is a, you know, a lack of representation uh, in the past of, you know, black princesses or, you know, and if they want to make the Little Mermaid black so that little girls can point at the Little Mermaid and say, oh, that looks like me, uh, I have no problems with it. And I think it's silly that it's causing such an uproar uh, just go enjoy the show. Because I saw somebody said something that uh, was funny the other day. He goes, people are upset that the Little Mermaid's black, uh, but not worried about a crab that's a conductor and a, uh, <laughs> a, a an octopus that's a bad guy that's based on a drag queen. <laughs> you know? Like, there's just so much, uh, you know, that can go on with these type of shows. But I think people are just upset about the wrong thing when it comes to that. What D, about y'all? D, talk about an about face. In the pre-show, he was all against it. Now we get on here and he wants to change his, oh, his stance. Yeah, okay. right. Look at that. <laughs> what an right, about face. Right, yeah. right. So so it's, it's, it's funny that, so obviously we all scroll through social media. And when we so, scroll through social media, we get certain things that we may want and certain things that we may not want. I, the first thing that I saw about The Little Mermaid and I had no idea that she was black. I had no idea if she was white. I had no idea. I just knew she was the damn mermaid. But what came across my timeline when I was scrolling, it said it had 1.5 million dislikes. And I was like, whoa, is that even a thing? Like, do people, you can track that? Went on that particular social media site, pulled it up, and sure enough, 1.5 million dislikes. Um, but my personal opinion in terms of uh, Ariel being black it doesn't bother me at all. I, I mean, it's the Little Mermaid. Whether she was black, white, green, orange, or yellow, I'm waiting until it come out on streaming services anyway. I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> it's the Little Mermaid, bro. Like, first of all, and I don't know about y'all, but the Little Mermaid is not a movie that's high on my list of Disney movies. Me neither. That I'm, I love to watch. Right. So if that, that's why it blew my mind. I'm like, how could 1.5 million people dislike Ariel when they don't even, like, the Little Mermaid is not on anybody's <laughs> radar in their top five ever in Disney. And if you are, you have a trash list. Okay. The Little Mermaid should not rank high at all. I don't even think it breaks the top 25, if you ask me, uh, in terms of... It's probably in the top 25. It's prob- it probably is, but... For this, because you got to lump Disney and Pixar together because they're the same type of thing, so... Bro, I'm telling you, right, for you to have 1.5 million dislikes, bro, 
that you would think this was the Lion King or the uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast, like one of the bigger Cinderella, like one of the bigger movies. Like I don't, I don't put the Little Mermaid up there when it comes to like fantastic Disney movies. So I got a different perspective, a different perspective of it. So whether she was black, green, orange, or yellow, hell, I wouldn't know anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not a, I was never a big Little Mermaid fan. Obviously, it's not really my forte of a movie. Um, now do I can I, tell you this though, if Sebastian didn't have the Jamaican accent, oh, I'd have lost my shit. <laughs> I'd have been mad. I'd have been like, because he's the he's the show. He's the nobody watched the Little Mermaid. To watch the Little Mermaid, but playing devil's advocate, if, why would you be upset if it wasn't? If you're not upset about her being black, oh, it could have been a white Jamaican. I'm just saying the accent. It don't. I don't care what color they well, are. So I, I'm I talking about the, the accent. You see what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. I'm talking about the accent. Like just like watching the Lion King. If you watching the Lion King and Mufasa don't sound like Mufasa. This ain't the Lion King. I don't know what movie this. This is a knockoff. Yeah, this so, is a knockoff. So I'm I'm the same way with Little Mermaid. My only uh, reservation going into the movie when I heard about the the change was she's got to have red hair because to me that's what signifies Little Mermaid is her red hair. Which she has her red hair in it, and I'm good. I think that's the only thing that matters. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. I think the red yeah. hair right. is what matters. You don't for think mermaid. the damn mermaid tail? Like, <laughs> that's kind of important. It's a mermaid, bro. yes. kind of important. Right. But, but that's the same color. That doesn't matter. I'm saying the hair right. is the most iconic thing that I remember about Laura Mermaid. Right, I agree with red that. Red hair. The red hair or the seashell bra. That's all that I remember from Laura Mermaid. And then you have Sebastian yeah. and Flounder. That's it. Now this is where it get interesting, though, Gary. This is where it get interesting, and I, I, I was gonna look up the cast, but I, ain't, I didn't, I ain't want to do that. I, so, I'm just. This is me assuming. I don't know. Y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm right, if I'm going in the right direction or not. As a result of Ariel being black, because apparently, you know, there's a lot of people that have issues with it. Like, is Poseidon black? Like, is everybody else black, or is this gonna be like a mix? type of situation is she gonna look like she adopted like is it all like black cast <laughs> as it relates to like her no idea sisters because she had like seven sisters right mm-hmm. uh, that's what i'm yeah. Yeah. like yeah she had like a hell of sisters so are they all black or we finna get like a black one an asian one they gonna all look adopted like are they gonna give us that backstory it, it's, I, it's he, he mates with all different types of fish there's so many different fish in the sea. That was a good one. That was a good one right there. That was a good they one. Like everything. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I, I respect it. Yeah, I, respect I don't know the cast yeah. either. I don't know if it's going to be a complete frame for frame remake or if they're getting a reinterpretation of it. Like you said, I'll watch it if it's on Disney Plus. But I'm not. I'm not going to go see it. It's the same thing with Pinocchio. I just saw Pinocchio's on Disney Plus. I have no urge to see that really quick. Was it good? Was it I good? Watched, I, I don't know. I've I've enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I will say the thing I watched recently, obviously a while that we talked about, was that Ducktales movie or Chippendale. Chippendale, oh, I enjoyed yeah, it because yeah. just the nostalgic of all the other characters. Yeah. But I don't know. I think the reason why there's so much 
issues with it is because there's so much things going on with Disney between the stuff that got leaked from their stuff, talking about how they're trying to for not force, but like, I guess put so many different things in front of kids eyes and people are just like, we should have a little bit of a right of what they can see. Not you're forcing it on us for the kids because the kids are going to want to watch it because it's Disney. I think that's where all that backlash. Do I think it's warranted? No, but people are going to have their opinions just like people do and everything. Uh, I think it's right. dumb, but there's not much you can do about it. I just say, don't worry about what people say. Who cares? Now you know people care about what. Oh, people I know care people. Them, people want to care. They have to fight about it and care about it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I had a I had a conversation with somebody, uh, Gary. I can't remember who it was. It, it'll come to me after a while. But we were talking about Thor, uh, the new Thor that came out. And uh, as we were talking about this Thor movie, he was like, "Man, why didn't you tell me it was awful?" And I was like, "Bro." You didn't ask, but I don't think it was awful. I was laughing my ass off. I thought it was funny because everything that he said in the movie, I was thinking, like, as he was thinking it, when he was talking to the kids, when the kids were like, oh, we're going to be okay. He was like, ah. I don't, I don't know. know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of the whole thing was just the whole relationship of Mornier, whatever her name is, and the, and the Stormbreaker. That whole <laughs> thing, the dynamic of the relationship – was spot yes. on a uh, relationship aspect, and I thought it yes. was hilarious. Yes, I thought mm-hmm. it was great. But so he, I said, well, what didn't you like about it? Like, I, I want to hear what you didn't like about it, and what he didn't like about it. I didn't. I paid no attention to it. It didn't. It didn't. Didn't even jump off me at all. He said, I don't understand why Disney threw in. The the Dwayne the Rock guy and his relationship with with uh and I was like he was like that was just out of nowhere he was like they didn't even need it like it was it was the movie was over it was already a terrible movie and then you put the cherry on top he was like it's crazy that when something's hot when something's hot in Hollywood they make it a point to put it in the movies because it 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 equals dollars and it equals people going out to see it, it equals you know, certain sectors of the community going to support this movie more than other sectors of the country. And I thought I found it fascinating because I completely, I was like, that wasn't in the movie. I didn't see that. And he goes, yeah, it was at the end. And I was like, what? Like at the end, end or like, like at the end? I was like, I, I never saw, I never saw that gear. Yeah. It, it's just, I think that's part of the part when people are saying, quote unquote, wokeness, people are trying to put that stuff into uh, all the Disney movies and people are just like, why are you forcing it? Why didn't just make it more? Don't make it forced. If you're going to put it in there, just put it in there naturally. Don't force it on everybody. Cause I think when you force it, it gets, you see it as being forced. And then that's when you're like, well, why this, there was literally no reason for it. Like you said, there was no reason for in the story for it to be there. But like, if it was in the story aspect, then it makes sense. But there was just an added in. Right. I, are you going to watch the extended version because there's an extended version on disney plus i'm interested to know what's all different about the extended version like i want to watch it but i um, don't know how much i, I want to watch i'm it. i'm gonna tell you who ruined watching extended versions for me that damn justice league see i the extended one was better it. yeah i but you don't understand, so much better i understand y'all saying it was so much better but as I'm watching the extended version, I was like, man, I feel like I've watched this movie yeah. before. <laughs> like, you kind of already know what's going to happen. Just real quick, though, before we end this podcast, 
I know we won't get a chance to get to my questions. We'll just get to my questions uh, next week. But I do. Have we need to a teaser. That. We need a teaser for next week I, on I, your. Well, he, he can leave it. He can leave the teaser at the end. Yeah, I'll leave the teaser yeah. at the end. My question to y'all before we go: Have you guys seen uh, the the Game of Thrones spinoff? Uh, I have not started it. You, you haven't started it. Have you started it, John? Uh, I tried to, but I've had trouble watching it. <laughs> okay. All right. So I have had the same problem. Uh, first of all, the first episode of uh, what is it? For the love of dragons or whatever. Mm-hmm. What uh, yeah. Well, it it's the most watched show of all time on HBO, right? But then it just kind of the numbers just kind of dwindle from there because the Game of Thrones nostalgia uh, kind of leaded it through. But my question to you guys, as it relates to that movie, I mean that show, is this: nobody's ever given anybody a hard time about what color a dragon is, nobody or what color an animal is. Why is it always people? Obviously, we have a problem with Ariel because, like, she's. Black, not us, but people. Coach, like, can you imagine if Clifford, the big red dog, was orange? <laughs> Nobody would give a damn about it as long as it's still Clifford, still Clifford. But it's in the title that, that he's think, a big red dog. I think people would get upset. Yeah, Bro, can, can you imagine? Can you imagine like 101 Dalmatians and none of the Dalmatians have spots? They just white puppies. Well, that would be silly. Or or 90, 90 Dalmatians instead of 101. Right, instead of 101, 90 Dalmatians. I, nobody even catch that because nobody's sitting there counting like, oh, I got to make sure it's 101. Like, nobody does that. It just, it all comes down to, I, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> Uh, so you had a bunch, you had a thought, a question, and then you just stopped. Okay, I guess yeah, we'll dive I, I, I into that next because, week too. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to tell you what my questions is next week. Next week, just giving y'all a uh, to to wet your palate. The question is this: How many times do you go on a date before you make it official? Like, does somebody have to come out and say, "Hey, would you be my boyfriend or girlfriend?" Do we have to date or is dating one of those things that like, hey, by the fifth or sixth day, we're a thing. There's no talking. There's no it's just kind of understood. Like, hey, we've been doing this long enough that we ain't got to we ain't got to have it talk to anybody. I mean, like <laughs> we ain't got to talk it out. You see what I'm saying? Like are we we just thing now. We just I'll know? give you a teaser of my answer. It could be years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for next week. Now, time, what you got? Uh, you know, the end of time. Yeah. I see you got the, yeah. you got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, I want to know. I want to know everybody that's like married or got a girlfriend long term. Like, how did it happen? Did you come out and say, "Hey, will you be my boyfriend or girlfriend?" Or did you like it just kind of happened? Like, I it was just a thing. We went from like dating for a very long time to married. We never like officially made it a thing. But I'm, I'm interested well, to hear what y'all got to say next week. Yeah, next week we're going to have to bring that in because, you know, we've already run a little bit long today. But we appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back next week. And trust me, you will not want to miss this because if you know anything about Gary and his love life, you will not want to miss his answer for this question. Oh, 
I forgot about that time. It's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do we got some surprise guests? Do we got you are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 